Welcome to the Angels Podcast, Neurodivergent Chats, where we chat about life as neurodivergent families. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss or any questions, please email us at podcast at angelsupportgroup.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, today I'm here with Penny and Lisa and um, I'm Judith and we thought we would talk a little bit about um, education healthcare plans again. We've touched on this before in previous podcasts but what we really wanted to go through was what makes a good EHCP um, and what are the contents of that and, and how should you as, as you're looking at uh, drafts know whether it's a, a good one or not. And we've seen plenty haven't we? We've seen many, we've seen many from the absolute <laughs> dire to the really really good yeah. so you know it yeah. is possible to have a really good EHCP. It absolutely is, it absolutely is. Benny do you want to start by giving us the sections of an EHCP so that we can, yeah. or, or I will if you want to say, well, section A is. Section A is mainly the child views and the parent views um, and pretty much anything that you want people to know about your child and their journey and all of that goes in there. Section B is the list of needs that the child should have and it should be following the broad areas of need that are detailed in the SEN code of practice. Um, and then section C is social, social care. And no, is C, C is health and D is social health care. Needs. Yeah. Health, health needs. needs followed by social care needs in section D. Section E is your outcomes, so what you should, what the child needs to achieve. Um, and then section F is health provision, what they're going to provide or what, what should be provided, I believe. Uh, G. Oh, sorry, is it G? Yeah, E, F, G. E is outcomes. F, F, F is provision, education oh, provision. Yes. Sorry, education provision in F. I missed F. But F is education provision, so that details what the school must do to meet your child's needs. Then it's G, which is the health provision. And then it's H, which is the social care provision. I is the name of the school Placement. that your child yep. would attend. Um, and then J is your um, Any personal, budget, personal budget, if you request is, it, which in most local authorities is not a thing. Yeah. It doesn't work. Um, and then K is the list of reports. Just thank you. We're doing this very early in the morning. Guidance, we have in front of us. absolutely. Well, I think that shows and so kind of brain power. Well, I'm kidding. I'm a little bit faster. So that is a lot of sections. So, you know, AEHTPs are daunting. They are, and you look at them, there's lots of pages. You think, have I just read that already? Have I read it differently? You know, it's yeah. really, you have to kind of uh, um, partition them, section them out. And, and we are always pretty much, we are largely talk about education. And so we are often looking at B. So this is identifying their needs. And this is where you'll get some input from the external reports that have been done through this process um, and then we're often looking at F which is the um, outcomes and the, the vision with that and then I yeah. which is the placement. Those are the because they are the only sections in the plan that are legally enforceable yeah. currently through the whole 
um, legal route. Their tribunal do make rulings on social care and health, but they're not enforceable no, like they are recommendations. with education. Yeah, they're recommendations rather than orders and like the yeah. education bits. And essentially, yes, yeah. yeah, essentially for the social care and health bits, the local authority or the health service have have to abide by it unless they can give a very good reason why not but it's not legally enforceable in the way that if they don't do it they're in contempt of court if yeah. you, which is and what you would be if you didn't do what was in b f or i yeah or in any tribunal court for the yeah. education yeah. so um yeah so so those are the, the sections and, and pretty much we will talk about b f and i mainly yeah because it, those are the key things that generally go to tribunal over yeah um section b generally is written composed mostly from an ep report yeah. or anybody so, who's assessed your child through that assessment process so yes could be salt speech and language could be occupational therapy could be advisory teams um could be behavioral specialists pretty much anyone really that's yeah. having out an assessment through that assessment process any report can go in to section b but must go under those four headings of the broad areas of need which yeah. is um, social communication interaction cognition and learning social emotional and mental health and then sensory and physical or physical needs so those are the four broad yeah. areas of need yeah. and all of the needs need to be identified under those and they should go in that order that I've just given out, um, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Just, to, just to say about Section A, essentially Section A is for, for the parents and the family and the child say what they want. And so you, as a parent, you can have in there what, what you want. It mm. isn't something the local authority can say, we don't want that in there. Um, sometimes um, the local authority will try, will, will, Try to make it more concise, which is probably a good idea to keep it as concise as you can. Because if it's really, really long, people don't read people it. Don't read it. Um, you know, with the best will in the world. Um, so trying to keep it concise is is quite key. But but essentially, it is your. It is bit. our piece of work. Yeah. Probably. yeah. I, I think generally, this is why I, I, I try and look at it. If somebody picks up that EHCP, all of it, but A is a good starting point. Clearly, yeah. at the beginning, it is to outline and give them an insight into your our children, our yeah. child, the young yeah. person that this is covered. So they need to be able to, and there is, yes, there is a lot of detail in here, but if it starts well with a section A that's kind of giving them that 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 background, but that is what you need to think of. If somebody picks up this EHCP, they may never have met my child, but do they get a good understanding of their educational health and care needs by reading this document? Yeah, yeah. and them as a person. Yeah, and certainly section B should give you a good it, idea yeah. of what their needs are yeah. you should be able to understand fully what it is that's difficult for I mean, the child ideally you want it to include all yeah. their needs yeah. all their needs that are impacting on their education yeah. absolutely um and um it it needs but it does need to be evidenced as well so so it needs to have it, it will come from the reports that you've got um quite often we're asked about if you have private reports should they be included absolutely yes um, the law does not distinguish between whether they're private or whether they're commissioned by the local authority. Right. They have equal weight in the eyes of the law and the tribunal, um, so they should be included. Um, they can be the local authority can contest them, but they can only really do that if they do their own report 
by this in the same thing so if you've got a private ot report for example they would only be able to contest it with a yeah one of that with their own team. commission ot report um and then it's you know up for debate and if you can't agree then that's something that if you you could appeal to tribunal and the judge would mm. decide mm. um but yeah so private reports absolutely can be included yeah and then your outcomes generally come from recommendations from those reports also yeah. Um, and, and they need to be what's called SMART, which is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time bound, um, because there's no point having outcomes that the child can't achieve or realistically aren't going to be of any use to the child. So you need to think about what those outcomes are. And they, they're a long term outcome. So you have some that, that last for quite a few years. And then you have some short-term outcomes. You should have a mixture of both yeah. um, within each broad area of need. It should marry up with Section B. Often it doesn't, but it's supposed to. So there should be an outcome for each one of the identified needs mm. in Section yeah. B. Mm. Um, but again, that, that can be a bit tricky when depending on the reports that you've got. And if you haven't got, you know, I've lost count the amount of, children with autism plans I've seen that don't have anything in social interaction and communication mm. uh, don't have an outcome for that even though that's like the oh, main area of need for a child yeah. with autism so it's about understanding that the E has to marry up with B so any identified yeah. needs in B need to have outcomes in there e. needs to be a golden thread is the yeah. phrase that we often use a golden thread that runs through the plan mm. from B C and D to E, the outcomes, and then F, G, and H, the well, provision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the other thing I'd say about outcomes is as well that that they are, um, they should be things that that the parent and the young person has to say in. Yeah. So while yes, you do want them to to come from be recommendations from reports and things like that, they there might be something that you want for your child particularly yeah. that hasn't been picked up as an outcome. So there's no reason why you can't have that. And outcomes can also be for health and social care as well. Yeah. So they don't just have to be education. And so often, in fact, very rarely are they anything but just education. Yeah. But but you can have a health outcome. You can have an outcome about accessing health care. Absolutely. Like and we're we going to do a podcast on that very thing. We, we are going to do a podcast did, on that. We did. Important. I had that in, in my subject. Yeah, you did, yeah. Um, yeah I fought tooth and nail to get that in yeah. my subject. <laughs> That's why I'm sorry. And as we yeah. say as well, we're looking at short term and long term. Yeah. So, you know, the long term is really important. We have that context because we need to know, you know, well, as long as there are long term outcomes, the HCP is valid and should be continuing year on year. I say that as somebody whose son's coming towards the end of their and, and their education and I'm very keen to make sure those long-term outcomes are you know still relevant and that it shows there's still progress to make but also there is a short-term outcomes and we obviously um, review these annually yeah. probably more regularly than annually but the EHC will come back to that but have an annual review process. Yeah yeah so so the outcomes are are, are important and quite yeah. often they get they get sort of left and they're not something that you can um appeal at tribunal no. either um but but equally they they should be ha they should be what the family and the child want they you know they're your outcomes if yeah. you like they're not somebody the outcomes someone else is imposing on you they're the outcomes that you yeah that you think are suitable for you and your child for your child to reteach that you're happy with for your child not something that somebody else thinks is appropriate for your child yeah. 
Um, and the other thing about them is that um, if you want any amendments made to them, you have to do that at the draft stage of the plan because you can't appeal Section E mm. at tribunal. Okay. So you can't get Section E changed through tribunal. So the only way you get that changed is through either your annual reviews or your draft when you get the draft. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just quickly saying about the needs in C and D. So C is yeah. healthcare, and that should include any um, health needs at all that your yeah. child might have, any diagnosis mm. they might have, or any ongoing health needs yeah. that, that, that require support. Yeah. Um, and I, it can also say that they're being assessed for something in there because that is an ongoing health need. Um, and, and basically that, that being C. And then in D, in social care, um, most plans don't have anything in there, even yeah. when a child does actually have a package from social care. Um, but it should, in fact, list that package. If they've got support from social care, it should, it should sorry, not in this bit. In this bit, it describes their needs, needs. and would say that they have needs. What um, access social care needs are, whether it's um, they, yeah. they need support to access a community or whatever it is, that should be in there. Um, but one of the things that it's important to remember about the EHCP is as well, that what goes in there needs to be proportionate. So you don't, if, for example, you've got a child who's under a child protection plan or there's some, there's some history um that you don't necessarily need to have in their plan you wouldn't necessarily have to have it in there um the guidance sort of says that this needs it needs to be relevant what goes in that section yeah. is has to yeah. be relevant, relevant and proportionate um, and the, and to remember that the child the plan belongs to the child and the child it will read that plan so it needs to be something that's appropriate for them so yeah yeah. And I was just going to take us back a little bit to the SMART bit, which you'll, you know, you, people talk about SMART in, in relation to all sorts of, you know, objectives, don't they? Um, so just to remind us, it's SMART, it's um, specific, measurable, achievable, achievable realistic and time-bound or timely. But um, and, and really, we've got to be able to measure what is in this plan, because at the end of the day, we're going to be sitting around a table at a review meeting. And if, if there is room for manoeuvre, if there is cannot say our child has done this or has not done that then you know we we can't move the plan on we can't and we can't effectively meet their needs so i you know it's really important to make sure they are specific yeah um and, and that's the way i think about it if i couldn't sit around a table um and be quite clear and agree that my child has or hasn't met this then it's not yeah. it's not good enough yeah, yeah. definitely so then that okay. takes us to section f yeah which is the provision which should detail, and it has to be what's specified and quantified, so that you need to say how long something needs to last for, how many times a day or a week or how often, how regularly, and by who. Yeah. It who's who's going to do it. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it needs to be properly laid out like that, because if it isn't specific and it isn't quantified, then it's not enforceable. And so we often see, like, the biggest thing usually is hours, isn't it? So like how many hours of support a child needs. And we find in a lot of EHC plans, there are no hours specified. And if a child needs certainly one-to-one -one support, that needs to be specified how long and where and when and, and, and who, by, whether that's an individualised 
you know, one-to-one -one, or is it a small group? And if, a, if it says small group, we need to specify the size of the group because a small group could be a 1,000 people out of 10,000. That's a small group. Um, yeah. You know, it's open to interpretation. Small group yeah. is not enforceable. But a small group of no more than four people is enforceable. So we need to be really specific about the size yeah. of the group yeah. if it's a small group. Um, hours for speech and language input needs to be specified and quantified. Again, um, and what that speech and language input will yes, be is it, it, you know, is it working with speech and language mm -hmm. therapy one therapist one to one? Is it small group work with a speech and language therapist or a, a speech and language assistant, or is it? Or are they designing the program of the teacher? Is, yes, uh, is delivering. That, yeah, and and quite often it, you want mm -hmm. you want something that is embedded into the classroom as well. Yeah. So you generally want both, really. Don't yeah. you want a program that is run by a qualified speech and language therapist that does see your child and does know your child, but that it is in part at least delivered in, in their everyday and that staff are trained. And, so, and things like staff training, that needs to be specified in there yeah. as well. So it needs to say um, staff will be trained by the speech and language therapist to deliver this programme yeah. or by the occupational therapist to deliver this sensory diet or whatever how, it is. How often that yeah. training will happen. How, how long, how many many hours. Last for. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and even if the speech and language therapist is required to write reports, that's usually yeah. included and, in and there as well. And updates as well. So you might have speech and language provision that includes um, half an hour or a term for the speech and language therapist and the staff to update about progress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's really important as well. So. So all of those things need to be very clearly documented, specified yeah. and quantified. And the same for the OT, if you have occupational therapy, physio, physio um, any intervention that your child yeah. might need must be specified and quantified. And if you think about it, these are um, people that are coming external to the, the main provision, the school, quite likely to be. Or they Most of well, them, yeah. They yeah. are, particularly unless you're talking about special school, but even special schools bring in um, yeah. some of these therapists. And so you know, that's part of this being properly funded, is that we need to know how many times that speech, you know, how, how many yeah, times, exactly how, what is how much contact there's going to be, Yeah, uh, because this comes to the basis of the funding. And we don't want woolly words in them, like have access to, um, or may benefit from those words are not legally enforceable and they're open to interpretation yeah and they're not um they're not not easily it gives people a cop out may yeah. have access to yeah. where we haven't got it today so you yeah. don't well, need he has got access to it, it didn't want it. yeah that sort of thing As those were that wording is not appropriate to be in an ehc plan but we see it all the time yeah um so it's knowing that uh, you don't want that in there. You you want it to be will have X amount of you know, to use a laptop in every English lesson yeah. or yeah. every for every piece of extended yeah, writing, writing over yeah. Yeah. paragraph or yeah. or even for all writing tasks, yeah. whatever it is the child needs. But having access to a laptop for all writing tasks is not the same as actually using a laptop mm. for, and it, that's how you need to make sure it's... Yeah, laptops are quite a common thing, aren't yeah. they, because so many of our children struggle with fine motor mm. skills yeah. and, mm. and and just the whole thing of handwriting because it takes so much, yeah. so much processing, yeah. so much executive functioning processing. Hypermobility, it causes pain and there's yeah. just loads of things. So, so it's quite a common one to have a laptop and one of the other things that you often will see and that is good is 
actually teaching the child how to use it so it'll yes. say in there that they'll have a program of like learning to type yeah. um touch typing touch typing mm. program yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is yeah which is great and actually a real good yeah but it has to be specified again needs yeah. to say how often that's going to happen yeah. how long so they might they might do half an hour a, a week or yeah. or something like that i think um, the words to keep in mind are always well smart there's an acronym and um, specified and quantified yeah <laughs> and, and i i think also there's something about once you start saying those words when you're either in a meeting or over you know <laughs> they kind of get the fact you know know what, what you're, you're talking, talking about, about. Um, yeah. because they know you know it's a very clear um yeah point yeah. of view and just like going back to we were talking about one-to-one -one support and quite often so so for some children they will need full-time one-to-one support they will need somebody for because of their their level of need and maybe their health needs they'll need somebody supporting them at all times or you know having eyes on them or whatever um and in those situations it needs to be specified that they have an adult supporting them at all times um and that that must also include break and lunch time yeah. if that's necessary. Yes, we also made mention of that. As yeah. General, so yes. so quite often um, plans will cover the time that's spent in the classroom, but actually they need to cover the whole school day. Um, but then sometimes for some children they don't necessarily need one-to-one -one support at all times. What they need is they need support with specific tasks. And yes. With their learning, yeah. and so in those situations, you might see something that says something like, um, they will ha have support for um, one to one support, or not even one to one support, but support from an adult, direct support from an adult for um, the phonics a half hour or for, for literacy um, time or whatever. And as you get into secondary school, particularly if they're in secondary mainstream. It might be that there's a learning support system in the class that's there to support them, but they don't necessarily sit on their shoulder no, because road. most teenagers no. won't go for that yeah, in a big no, way. No. Um, no. So, but they need to have somebody checking in on them regularly. They need to have somebody there for if they need them. Um, so, in those situations, it's more the the wording might be more that there is a a TA supporting them in their lesson but it doesn't necessarily mean that that ta is going to be attached to them or not might well be supporting a small group of them yeah yes yeah, so it's just just making sure that you get whatever you need yeah. to be specified in there for your child very yeah. clearly laid out how long it's going to last who's going to do it um, and what the the amount of time that that yeah you know, how often that's going to happen so as long as you've got how often how long and by who then that's specified so and I think, that, yeah, and, and the, the section F should also align up to, to, to yeah. B in terms of, you know, the four headings you yeah. talked about. So you should be able to, I, you know, I used to get section B and section F out together to look at them alongside yeah, each other because yeah. it's not very helpful because there's obviously sections in between. But I, I literally, you know, print them off and, and see the, the, yeah. the, the flow from the need to the outcome. To get the your highlighters out. Yeah. <laughs> and the same with the yeah. provision from um, health and social care. They can they can be in. You can have some of those if they yeah. have an educational yes, have them in. Um, yeah. outcome or benefit, yeah. then they need to be in section F and not in G and H. Yes, yeah. So that's important to understand as well that if you've got any healthcare or social care need that's teaching the child something, is part of their educational development, yeah. it must be in section F. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, that is a really good point. Yeah. yeah. 
because quite often, I mean, generally, I haven't seen it for a while, but it used to be a thing that quite often speech and language therapy would find itself in the health health. section. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that for a while. Enforced, but but there were subsequent, a lot of case case rulings where where it was made very clear that speech and language therapy, for example, was something that is important to facilitate learning, so therefore it has to be B and F. The definite educational yeah. part of education. Yeah. So it's just, it's just understanding that, that even, you know, there might be some aspects of social care that are teaching yeah. the child yeah. something that could go into section A. Yeah. So, so it's can, just understanding care that, skills, yeah, for example. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. So those sorts of things, making sure that that's all really detailed specifically and quantified in Section F. And then you've got a good um, enforceable plan. There. Yeah, yeah, and you see that flow through. Yeah. And then we've got uh, G&H, as we've kind of talked about, yeah. so that's... That's the provision. If they're not educate, if they're not going to educate the child, but they're provisions, the then team. they will be in those yeah. sections. Yeah. Se- section H has got two sections. There's yeah. H H1 and H2. And I'm just going to quickly look. H1, I think, is under 16s, and H2 is the it's is a little bit more nuanced than that. Anything that is, and it's any, but you've reminded me, any provision that's under the Chronically Sick Disabled Children's Act, goes in age one, which is very specific um, and just for children, and then anything else that isn't anything to do that. So essentially, if you've got a short breaks package for a child who's got disability, um, then that goes in age one. But any other social care provisions, such as they might be, um, on a child in, on child protection plan, or there might be some other provision, or if they're over eighteen, yeah, or goes in H two, yeah, yes, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, so, but but it's generally provision, and often yeah. you don't really see a lot in either of that yeah. in that section, unfortunately. And then that leaves you with J, which is personal budget, which is a very contentious issue because nobody <laughs> in this country yet, not one local authority, it was a nice thought, wasn't it? Mastered but... the the way that the personal no. budget should be done. I think the only the only bit that you sometimes see in there is transport, yeah. And, and social care packages. And social care packages, yeah. If they're substantial. But you don't have any control over any of that no. unless you have direct payments. No. Um, but it's not how it's supposed to work. If you read the code of practice around yeah. section J, that is not how it's supposed to work. But enforcing that is Yeah. So I wouldn't get too yeah, don't worry about it. Essentially with J it's the most services are commissioned by block booking or yes. through schools yeah. and so they can't be in a personal budget. put into a personal budget so it's all a bit of a yeah it was a nice simple. idea but it never yeah. actually materialized no. in practice let's go back to i so i is provision and yes. this of course is blank when you first get um you know when you get draft. Your draft, and you're going to have the opportunity to state where you would like your child's educational needs to be moved. Um, and just to say that, well, one of the points I wanted to make is sometimes it might say the actual name. It can say more than one school's name if you're looking at move one to the other, and it can say a type of provision. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think people, you know, they can yeah. say a, an autism specific yeah. school. Yeah. Or, a, or a CMH yeah. school. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't actually have to name the school. It can just no. name the type. But if it but it, once your child is placed in school, it needs it to should, yeah, yeah. So this is all in that run-up when you're yeah. trying to decide or you're, you're looking around yeah. and you're not sure. But So 
you know, it can't be left blank is what I'm kind of trying to say. It, it, it should, find, it should say yeah. is when it's finalised, it should say the type of school and the name of the school. Yeah. Yeah. So it should say, it might say a mainstream school yeah. or a maintained special school yeah. and then the name, the name of, of the, the school. school. Yeah. yeah. And you, that is also appealable if yes. you disagree with the decision with the decision on being put in there. Placement. Um, but you can only do that once you get your finalised plans. Yes. Um, and then K just is your list of appendices yeah. that are used to make up the EHC plan. So everything that has been submitted report-wise and even information from you and from school and all of that should be documented and listed as appendices at the yeah. end of the, the plan. Yeah. Well, so just yeah. just talking about I again. Um, so like Judith said, it can name more than one school. So it might name... Mm -hmm. It might name a school for this academic year and then next academic year a different school if you're at a transition phase transition. Mm -hmm. um, it it also so could name two schools if there's a dual placement. Yeah, of course. Um, it, but if you have an EO task package, which is an education other than at school or other than in a setting, I think they've re re designed, designated it um, package. Then the package isn't listed in I. You just it just says in I a, a a package or it's left blank or it just says an EOTAS package and then what the EOTAS package is made up of is listed in F. Yes. Because it's provision, so it will say exactly what it is yeah. that your child is going to be doing for every day. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely that's worth clarifying. So yeah, so that's the HCP. So it's quite a lot of sections. Yes. There's a lot to it, and yeah. and it is a lot to get your head around. And actually, genuinely, you know, trying to to see that thread go through it is what we've got yeah. to try and do. Yeah. And, and those wordings we've talked about about specific and measurable. But we will do other podcasts again relating to EHCP because it's a lot of what um, you guys and, and we it's spend a lot of time talking about in our one to one services, and it. So there will be there will be more. So watch out for further EHCP podcasts. Thank you very much. If you'd like to know more about Angel Support, please check out our website www.angelsupportgroup.org.uk. If you have any suggestions for topics or feedback for us, please do email us at podcast.angelsupportgroup.org.uk. Thanks.